For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's time for Tim. The Tim Weisberg Show on 1420 WBSM and streaming live on WBSM.com and the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message through the WBSM app. And now, WBSM's big gun, Tim Weisberg. And good morning. Welcome into the program and welcome into a brand new week on the program. Great to be here with you. And, uh, of course, we have a lot that we can talk about later on in the program. We will be joined by Jack Spillane of New Bedford Light. He'll be joining us to turn on the light, as he does each and every Monday. We'll talk about some of the things that are going on, including we'll be talking about some of the um, the proposed ballot questions on the New Bedford ballot. We'll be talking a little bit about what's been going on, again, with the city council, uh, because it does seem, it, you know, I... I talked about this with Council President Morad, and we had also Councilors at Large Shane Burgo and, and Brian Gomes on uh, last Friday, and I talked about this with Council President Morad and Councilor Gomes about this question about the four-year term for the mayor. I said a lot of people are going to look at this and say, this is just you guys aren't getting along with the mayor, and so you are looking to kind of stick it to him by putting this question on the ballot. And uh, Councilor Gomes said, no, you know, the... This has been an ongoing question since the four-year uh, term came to be, since the vote happened that put that through. And I know that. I know that because I've been hearing about it for all those years, too. And so I know that that's the case. But also, I can't help but feel there is a little bit of a let's stick it to them kind of approach to it. Um, but in the end, it's it's not really anything you're sticking to Mayor Mitchell because do you think even if he does run again this year, which I, I believe that he will, and then he gets another four-year term, and then the two-year term would revert back in 2028. Do you really think that in 2028, John Mitchell is running for mayor again? I don't think so. I think um, by that point, he will feel like he's probably done all that he can do. Uh, by that point, he will have been mayor for, what, 16 years, I think? Oh, yeah, that sounds about right. So... I, you know, unless he's looking to make it an even 20, I don't think that he would um, he would necessarily be the person that was getting it stuck to. So if, uh, I think the council is legitimately looking at it as a way to balance, in their opinion, balance out the power again. I don't I don't think that a four year mayor is any stronger than a two term than a two year city councilor. I don't I don't see that. I see it more as an ability as, as Sheriff Hodgson. Um, <laughs> I did it too. See, Tom, I did it too. Uh, as, as, uh, as Tom Hodgson was saying, former sheriff, was saying when he was filling in this morning, 
you know, the, the four-year term is is better to be able to acclimate yourself to the job, get some things done before you have to start running again. But it's certainly something that we can discuss throughout the course of the morning. And thank you again to Tom for filling in for Phil. Uh, what a great job he did this morning. And also to his producer, Adam, good job as well. Uh, they'll both be back tomorrow. And I think that as we go along through the course of the week, you know, you're going you're gonna to get a chance to call in and talk with him about a number of different issues. And don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to call in and bring up the same way that you do here. Don't be afraid to call up and bring up whatever is on your mind. Because I'm sure a lot of you have been waiting for your opportunity to talk to Tom Hodgson about some of the different things that you've had questions about over the last few years. And here's, here's the thing. He's not an elected official anymore. I think, I think he can tell you a little bit more than he might have told you before, right? Take advantage of that opportunity. Like when you have former Mayor Scott Lang come in, you know, he, you, you can talk about some things that maybe before you're going to be a little bit more careful with because you're a politician at that point. So now, now you've got him as civilian, Tom Hodge, and now you can really pick his brain. So take advantage of that throughout the course of the mornings all this week. And also, too, just so that you know, tomorrow uh, there will be some call-ins happening from New Bedford Day during Barry's show and during the Howie Carr show. Phil will be calling in with some of the folks down there at New Bedford Day, so you will be able to hear that. Uh, and so I know a lot of you like to listen in for who's down there in Florida. First of all, I hope that that's not the only time you're talking to your loved ones in Florida. Don't just wait for them to get on the phone with, with Phil during New Bedford Day. Just call them anytime. <laughs> the phone works both ways. But yes, uh, they will be doing the call-ins tomorrow as well. So let's get into, first of all, how was your weekend? Um, I kept mine pretty low-key. There was a lot of drama that was going on in the paranormal world. And I was going to come in and talk about it on Spooky South Coast. My co-hosts were unavailable, and it was not the kind of topic that I could handle. Well, I could handle, but it wasn't the kind of topic that I wanted to have a conversation just with myself and the listeners because a lot of you probably don't know what all that is about. So um, we'll carry that conversation over to this Saturday on Spooky South Coast. Uh, so uh, if you if you are somebody that's wrapped up in all that drama then you will get to hear about that. But basically, one of the top paranormal TV stars has come under fire. And the other reason I wanted to wait another week before we talked about it is there's supposed to be more truth bombs that are dropped by some people that worked with him. And so that should be a lot of fun to, to break that all down. And maybe I can finally tell all my stories about him. Eh, depends. We'll see. Uh, and also, I had a, a story up at WBSM.com and on the app. During the course of the weekend, first on Saturday, we had an update for you about Cast Seaside Bites and Bar. It is the new restaurant that is opening up where the Mary Celeste Whiskey and Wine Library used to be uh, in, in Marion, down on the water there. And it is go it looks like they've done a great job with the renovations inside. I like the look of the Mary Celeste. I like that, you know, wood bookcase, leather seats kind of look. That's if I was going to have, a, you know, a, a look for a restaurant myself, I'd want something along those lines. But the new you can't deny that the new design certainly seems to fit more of that seaside mentality, that seaside atmosphere and uh, and certainly has a lot more um 
light, we'll say. And I mean, I don't mean that to be negative toward toward the previous way, but it's it's more light and airy and, and just seems like something more by the water. So you can check that out at WBSM.com and on the app. Uh, a little bit of an update about that. And then yesterday, I had the story, I put the story up. If you remember last year, last May, we woke up, I think it was on a Sunday morning, and I was getting... You know, I, I sleep in on Sundays usually because I'm usually at Spooky South Coast until 2 o'clock in the morning sometimes. So I get out of Spooky and I go home and then I watch a little TV and maybe have a snack. By the time I go to bed, it's 3, 4 o'clock in the morning. So I usually sleep in. So it's not uncommon for me to sleep till like 11 a.m. or noon on a Sunday. And I was awoken by my phone going off. This, this was last May uh, by my phone going off. And then also I check and I see all these different messages that I have from people who are telling me throughout the course of the morning, hey, there's a, there's a armed standoff going on in Dartmouth. And I'm thinking to myself, well, I slept through the whole thing. I don't think anybody else picked up on it yet. So I guess I'll find out what went on. And we were able to get the information from the police that there was a, a man who had been called the, the police have been called in because there was a report of two guys fighting and when they got there this person locked themselves in the house with a gun and had refused to come out and it took a few hours but they got to a peaceful resolution with it and it was clear then that the person had some some struggles some mental issues and now that person was arrested again over the weekend this time with a ghost gun as well as another firearm and drugs, including uh, mushrooms and fentanyl, and I think, think, yeah, mushrooms and fentanyl, and cash. And it's the same person that was arrested after this armed standoff last year. And when people read that, I think the natural question is, well, what happened in that last case in which he was char- charged? He was charged with, um, I forget the exact charges off the top of my head, but he was charged with... Um, Assault with a dangerous weapon because he got into the fight with the person that was there and illegal firearms charges. And he had a couple of warrants out for some automobile related crimes. But this person somehow has not maybe gone to court on those charges, is out on bail. Um, I, you know, obviously on a Sunday, there's only so much information that we can get. But I'm interested to find out what's going on because if this is a person who had legal problems in May of 2022 in which he had an armed standoff with police and then also had issues from a mental perspective. What's going on that here in, in, in March of 2023, less than a year later, he's back in trouble. Should he have not been under care? She had, should he have not have been convicted of those other crimes and serving a sentence? Or is he still waiting to go to court and, and, and out on bail? And I listen, I know this happens all the time with criminals, but I'm especially concerned about this situation because here was a person that it was it was obvious. And I remember the comments that came in on social media when this case was first posted back in May of 2022 there were so many comments posted about, oh, yeah, this guy, we know this guy, this guy definitely has some mental issues. Uh, people were being critical of him in the comments, and there were others who were coming to defend him and saying things like, you know, he's he's sick and he needs help. So if that's the case, and again, 
I don't know that because we never got any formal word from police that that's the case or from the DA's office or from anybody else. But looking at that and saying that that is part of the issue, well, then what what's going on? Is he not getting the help that he needs? Does the fact that he has criminal charges against him supersede the need to to get him out of whatever mental state that he's in? And there's no excuse for somebody having fentanyl. I mean, it's certainly not for personal use, I'm sure. But he had mushrooms. And, like, not the kind that you cook with. And I've got to think that that's something that he's probably self-medicating himself with. So I don't know why there isn't more discussion being had about that. Maybe we can find out some more information about why he was on the streets, why he was at home. But it, we, we, we talk a big game about wanting to get people the help that they need. And here's a prime example of somebody who we, we said a year ago, less than a year ago, needed help. Now, of course, maybe they tried to give it to him and it, and it didn't take or he wouldn't follow through on it. But I don't want to see somebody who is in mental health crisis, which I think anybody's got to be in mental health crisis to, to be in an armed standoff with police. But I don't want to see anybody in that position just be cast aside because they're a criminal. They still need that help. That help might have to come to them while they're in jail, but they still need that help. Anyway, 508-996-0500. We can talk about that if you want. Uh, and again, that story is at WBSM.com and on the app. We can also talk about some of those proposed ballot questions that will be on the November ballot in the city of New Bedford. We've talked quite a bit about the rent stabilization question. That has been something that people have had a lot to say, a lot, a lot of uh, opinions on that, both for and against. But I do want to get deeper into some of these other proposed, these other questions that will be on there, these non-binding questions, including changing the mayoral term back to a two-year term, which means another process of going through a change to the city charter. There were calls before when they changed it from a two-year term to a four-year term. Some folks were pushing for there to be a recall provision included with that. Now, that recall provision would have to be also put into the charter. So, will that come up as something, as part of this? Will they say, okay, let's put that two-year, let's put that term back to two years, and we also want a recall provision? Or will the voters say, you know, we'd like to keep it four years, but we'd like a recall provision? Now, the, the recall provision is not in the question as proposed by the city council. I just want to point that out. But it's just been coming up in a lot of the conversations, especially in some of the comments online, that that should be one way or the other, no matter which, whether it's a four-year term or a two-year term, that the recall provision, provision should be put in there. And, you know, I wonder, if it wasn't for the fact that Fall River uses the recall for their mayor every 10 seconds, would New Bedford residents even be thinking about it? I think it's been I think it's been twice that they've done a recall, but I'm going to exaggerate that because I exaggerate everything about Fall River. 
So does that mean that it really is a necessary provision or are people just looking at what's happening in Fall River and saying, oh, what if that ever happens here? We need to have the ability to step in and, and, and remove the mayor from power instead of having to wait out the term. So I'd be interested in your thoughts on that as well. And then the non-binding question, too, about the, again, I know the language has to be what the language has to be on the question. And Council President Morad explained that Friday because the question does not ask in so many words, would you approve the removal of the Community Preservation Act, the repeal of the Community Reservation Act, the Preservation Act? It doesn't say that because the way the language originally went on the ballot to install the Community Preservation Act, the language has to be the same to repeal it. So it'll be on there as the way to, the original language, but it's it's the CPA. It's do you want to repeal the ability of the city to take one, you know, charge of this 1% tax that goes toward community preservation things like restoring historic structures things like adding things to parks things like affordable housing do you want to see that gone and and council president morad who proposed the measure said that it was because she's hearing from people about that they're paying too much taxes and that this is something that comes up like, why am I paying this? And so I just want there to be a good, between now and November, I want there to be a good education for the listeners about what that is actually all about. So if you're paying $8,000 a year in taxes, which I, I want to say, I don't know why that number sticks in my head as, as the average, but let's just say that that is the average. You're paying $8,000 a year in, in property taxes. 1% of that comes out for the CPA. You pay 1% for the CPA. So if you have $8,000 in taxes and you're paying, I don't know, what's that, 80 bucks? My math is terrible. So we want to save people money on their taxes. And that's, that's how we're going to save them money, is that 1%. We're going to lose the state match in CPA grants and we're going to lose the ability to, to, to put that money into action for what is a pittance off people's taxes. They don't, they don't want to save the $80. They want to save $800. They want to save a thousand dollars and they don't want to have to lose these other things. And it's not lost that, you know, the, the council is pushing for rent stabilization because they're worried about housing in the city and then they're going to repeal something that goes toward housing in the city. So some of the things that we can talk about today, 508-996-0500, but I have to take my first break. You can also hit us up on App Chat on the WBSM app. We'll be back after a few moments. Stay tuned. New Bedford's News Talk Station.
back in. 508-996-0500. Just a quick programming note this evening on South Coast Tonight. Chris and Marcus will have City Councilor Shane Burgo. He'll be joining them in the 8 p.m. hour. So any questions that you have regarding this housing, this rent stabilization proposal. Uh, and again, there's not a lot of um, meat on that bone yet, as uh, I believe the phrase that was used, because they're just trying to get the, 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 the public's sentiment on whether or not they want to see this going forward. So you'll have a chance to vote for it in November. But then they will try to develop things. I think they got to have more. they got to have more going into November. They've got to have a clear layout of what they think that it should be by November. I don't know that you can say, we'll wait and we'll see, and then we'll move. And then in November we'll move on it if, they, if, if the people vote for it. I think the people want to see what this is going to look like, and they don't want to just vote on an abstract. But, again, you know, that's how much do you have enough time between now and, and November to get the, the, the coalitions together and to get the rent, uh, the landlords involved and all of that. 508-996-0500. You are next on WBSM. Hello. Hello. Good morning. How are you? Um, regarding the uh, the mayor's term, I mean, it, to me it doesn't matter which mayor, but as I had asked this question of you last week, you stated that um, Fall River and New Bedford were the only ones that weren't up to the four-year yeah, term. And, like. and I was I was corrected on that. I was incorrect on that. Fif- oh, you were incorrect. I was. 51% of the uh, mayors in New Bedford have two-year terms. Okay, but what about in the rest of the state? Is uh, Are the other cities, are they four-year or two-year? I guess that's what my question is. Well, f- 51% of them are two-year. The rest are four-year. Okay, so we're halfway there. I, I just say we shouldn't be backwards. You know, uh, if it's going towards being four years, do it. And as you pointed out earlier, in two in a two-year term, you can't get much accomplished, in my opinion, because you know you, you just start off getting your feet wet, and then maybe the second year, but then now you're focused on uh, doing your um, running again. And, and to me, that, that's not fair to the people. You know, not fair to me as far as I'm concerned. You know. I elect somebody. I want them there to do the job they're going to have to do. And to me, the mayor's a lot harder than doing a city council job yeah, because I mean, they're just showing up and making votes. If you if you look at the way that Mayor Mitchell has done it, for example, you know he always makes us wait until the summer before he tells us if he's going to be running again. So he makes a decision in I don't know June, July that he's going to run again, and then he's really only campaigning for the position from that time until November. And so he's really been able to cut down how much time he's spending on that. But if you look at a place like Fall River, they've already got candidates coming out at the beginning of this year, so it becomes a year-long campaign for that person. So I think, you know, Mayor Mitchell's the outlier of people who, you know, obviously he has a four-year term now, but he did the same thing when he had two-year terms. He's kind of the outlier of, of you know, I wait until the summer to start campaigning. I think most most two-year mayors are probably in that mindset mm-hmm. the minute the, the the last year of their term comes into play. Mm-hmm. Maybe so. I don't know. I'm just thinking about the job itself, not the person. I, I just figured two years, you can't get really much accomplished. And uh, I think four. Actually, if I really had to be picky, I would say three. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That way, at least you can say you've got two years really devoted to the job instead of one, one and a half. 
Right. And and, and I, there, cool. there's been a few people who proposed that idea of a three-year. There's been some people who said it should be a six-year term, which I think is, uh, that's crazy. That's really reaching now. <laughs> yeah, I think that's nuts. <laughs> okay, not, then. not a U.S. senator. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank Bye. you for the call. Have a good day. 508-996-0500. And again, you know, from what I've read on this two-year mayoral term, uh, and again, I was corrected last week when I said that it was only New Bedford and Fall River. I don't know where I came up with that. Um, I was trying to remember back to a conversation that I had with uh, with Mayor Mitchell about it. And maybe that was a different conversation about a different topic. And I just converged it in my mind. But um, I want to thank whoever, you know, I want to thank the person who corrected me. I know who it is. But I want to thank the person who corrected me uh, in saying 51% of the municipalities that have mayors in New Bedford in New Bedford, in Massachusetts, have two-year terms. And I think that that does go back from things that I've read to when, you know, a mayor wasn't a, wasn't a full-time position. A mayor was something that somebody did because they needed somebody to do it, but they were usually prominent business people in the town. So they might have their own business that they're running, and you would almost expect them to kind of put a pause on that to some degree for two years and and you know most most of the mayors of the olden times and i say olden times you know going back to about 100 years ago and a little bit more you know they were still running their businesses while they were in office and it so for them 2 years is probably the maximum amount that they'd want to serve i i i'd be interested in going back and seeing you know just how many terms did 2 year mayors run for, you know, Mayor Ashley aside, but how many did they run for? And I don't mean just in New Bedford, I mean across the Commonwealth. When it, when they were serving two-year terms and it wasn't a full-time job, you know, were they sticking around for long periods of time? Probably not. I think that they were like, you know what, I will serve my community and I will do two years, four years, maybe six, maybe eight, and then I've got to get back to what I'm doing. Now it's a different story. Now that is the job. And sometimes mayors say, I've spent enough time out of my career. I don't, I, I need to go back into it. You know, I don't, I don't have aspirations for future office. I just wanted to serve my community. And then they go back to it. Other times it's a stepping stone for somebody else to move on to something else. And they say, okay, well, I've done my time here. And I want to move on. And a lot of people think that Mayor Mitchell is the mayor of New Bedford because he has designs on a larger position somewhere down the line. If that was true, he's had ample opportunity over the years to go and try and get one of those positions. Just think back to, you know, at the after the election of 2020, the speculation began he would take a job in the Biden administration. And maybe he does. Maybe if there's a second Biden administration, maybe he does. And then when Mara Healy wins the governorship, then it becomes, well, he's going to go take a job in the Healy administration. And he didn't do that. So he's had opportunities. I think he really, I do take him at face value when he says he has things that he wants to do in New Bedford, that he wants to see projects that have started, that he wants to see to completion, other things that he wants to see get rolling. And then who knows what comes up after that. But he's, I think he is focused on the city for the time being. 508-996-0500. You are next on WBSM. So I don't know exactly what it is, Tim, that uh, the council seems to not be able to uh, work with the mayor uh, this uh, 
this time around. You know, this group of counselors seem to be butting heads with the mayor all the time. But, um, you know, so whether he's done or not, Ari has to, like, fight through another few years. But it it just seems to me that when when people are elected and now they hold that office, I just wish that, yes, I know, I know a new person running has to campaign and all of that, but I feel as though the people that have already gotten elected, I feel like their body of work should speak for itself. What, what have they done? How has it affected the people? And then just go with that. Maybe, yeah, let people put out a few signs or, or stand out holding signs, you know, and, and maybe make a couple of extra stops to meet with people. But people need to pay attention, and I don't feel as though um, somebody in office should have to take time away from their actual job to tell people what they've done. Yeah, and you know, I think we've Pay seen attention. that we've seen that at times with Mayor Mitchell for sure. Um, I mean, also he, you know, he hasn't had a lot of serious challengers uh, to his position, so he's been able to sit back a little bit. We've seen that happen with some city councilors too, where they say, "I will let my body of work speak for itself." But I don't know. I th- I think there is some degree of wanting to show that you want to keep the job, but you can find a way to balance doing the job and still showing that at the same time. I think right, and even with like say the president now you you have to leave home and travel around to to go around and see people to me that shouldn't be the case it would be like stay where you are keep plugging away at your job make some effectual change some positive change that affects people's everyday lives and stop going around telling us what you did or what you're going to do just just get to business do it and i feel like we should respect that and and go with that well, you know, you should be able to see what has been done. It should affect your lives. Otherwise, everybody go home and do nothing. But, but you and I know why they're really going around and doing all this stuff. It's not about building up the support. It's about building up the, the campaign war chest. It's that, about going out and getting money. Whole, and that's a whole other issue I have. I, I wish there was a way that whatever good candidate could run didn't win by the fact that they were able to, let's just say, buy people. And, and that's that's a whole other issue, which which really bothers me. I wish everybody had, you know, a set amount of money, go to it. But the fact that, you know, if you can raise more money doesn't necessarily, to me, translate to you're now going to do a better job. There are people that are going to give you money because they think you're going to do something. But is it a better job for the people? I don't necessarily... Mm-hmm. And, 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 and raising more money doesn't necessarily guarantee you victory either. If you look at the, you know, if you look right. at the 2016 election, how much did Hillary Clinton outspend uh, Donald Trump by? And, and he was the one who won. So, I, you know, I don't think it should be a factor of anything, but that's that's why they're out there doing it. That's why they're out there shaking all those hands and eating all those thousand dollar plate dinners. And I appreciate that, you know, the counselors that just, you know, ran for this last race, got out there and, and did what they had to do. They were up against each other and nobody else, no incumbent, incumbent, but I feel like that kind of takes away from the whole um, work that needs to be done. And now are you doing the work or are you schmoozing with people out there trying to get them to like put money in your pockets? I don't know. I, it just gives me a bad taste in my mouth. I know it's the way it is. It's the reality of it. I just, I just can't say that I like it. Yeah. And, and, you know, maybe, maybe someday somebody comes up with a solution to, to having to do that. But I, I think if you did get one person that could, that could show that it can be done, you know, at that national level, then maybe it would become more of the norm. Yeah. I don't know right now because there's so many people bad mouthing each other that I don't really, 
you know, I, I, locally we, we might have a better shot at it, you know. But um, I don't know. Maybe I'm living in a dream world. <laughs> Things could just be nice. No, nice, I like it. Have a good day. Uh, 508-996-0500. I mean, that, that's, that's the, the part of it where uh, it, be, it becomes interesting. Because if you look at somebody like Mayor Mitchell, he's got money in his, in his campaign fund. So he doesn't have to go out and hit the road. He can say, you know what, I'm going to announce my candidacy in June, July, August, and I'm going to be on the ballot in November. And generally, that's worked out fine for him because, uh, like I said, he hasn't had you know, serious opposition. And I'm not trying to belittle the candidates who have run against him, but it's not somebody that he felt like he had to get out there and do battle with on the campaign trail. So if that's the case and you've got the money already in case you do need to do that, well, you don't really have to engage in all of that if, if you can help it. And I think it's actually a pretty good model of, of how to be able to do it if you are an incumbent. And, you know, as the caller said, let your body of work speak for you. And I think he does that when he runs. You might not agree with him. You might not like the things that he, have done, that he has done, but that's the approach that he has taken. And, and I think that it's worked. And I think a lot of the counselors do the same, too. I mean, of course, you're going to see the signs. Of course, you're going to have some of the, you know, the campaign events. And those, those are all great and fine. But, I mean, come on. Council, Council at Large Ian Abreu will have more signs than anybody, probably, because people put his signs out. He will have campaign fundraiser events, and he will put money in his campaign account, of course. But he's still going to do very well in the votes. Same thing with Councillor Gomes. You know, he'll he'll do very well because he's he's got that name recognition. And so and a lot of the incumbent counselors have that benefit. Speaking of incumbent counselors, if you missed the news uh, on South Coast tonight, on Friday, they broke the story. And Kate's been reporting it this morning that uh, Ward 5 Councillor Scott Lima will not be seeking reelection for that position. So that's there's going to be somebody running for the Ward 5 seat. Well, there might be multiple people running for the Ward 5 seat, but it'll be a person who is a newcomer, I would think, unless there's anybody that's going to throw their hat in the ring that's been there before. But I think you've got a chance at having, you know, by the by the end, well, by the beginning of next year, you could have two freshman counselors. Sean Oliver will be wrapping up his freshman year. But you'll have two... You know, younger, younger newcomers, you know, two, two, two examples of fresh blood. And you still have pretty fresh blood in counselors Pereira and Burgo who are in their first terms. And I think you've got the opportunity here to have a counterbalance to the people who think, oh, people just get elected and stay in there forever. If that's the thing that you think, well... You have another opportunity now to add somebody new. So it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. We'll talk more about that as it comes along. Right now, though, I've got to take a break. You can give me a call, 508-996-0500, or hit me up on App Chat on the WBSM app. We'll be right back. 1420 WBSM. in 508-996-0500 or hit us up on app chat on the WBSM app. 
And uh, we have uh, an app chat message that came in. Just give me a second here because i got to click into it to read it. Uh, by the way, have you tried sports betting yet in Massachusetts? So it went live online on Friday. So that was the first day that you could get on there and download the apps and be able to uh, make a bet. And I, I'm, I've never gambled on sports before. I've, I've gambled on a couple of dog or horse races or something, but I'm not, I'm not much of a gambler. Uh, but I downloaded it, and I figured I would try it out just to see and see how it all works. And I used you know, one of the apps that was offering the, the bonus bets and all that kind of stuff. Um, still haven't seen those come through, and I don't know what I'm doing wrong to not get those. But I took 25 bucks and I put it into this account, and I said, let's just see. Let's just see what happens. Let's just have a little fun, and if I lose 25 bucks, whatever. I don't see myself doing this long term. So let's just see what happens. And so I took the 25. They had this thing where if you bet anything that the Celtics would score a point, you, you know, you would win if you bet anything that the Celtics would score a point in, in the game Saturday. So I, I bet five bucks on that. So I won, I won two cents on that. And then... I bet on the Celtics-Hawks game, I bet the Celtics to cover the spread, which at the time was five points, went up to seven and a half. But so I bet that, and the Celtics won by nine, but it was a nail-biter at the end if they were going to cover the spread or not. And so I ended up, I made a $10 bet, and I won another, I won nine bucks. So I, I, had, a, a, a win, I had a windfall of nine dollars and two cents for my bets, for my first bet. And I was like, oh, I actually won. That's kind of interesting. So now now I'm taking a look at it more, and I'm thinking to myself, well, if I just don't spend any more than that original $25, like how much fun can I have with this? You know, I'm, not gonna, I'm never going to bet the entire amount on one thing, but if I, you know, do a $5 here, $10 here, like what kind of fun can I have with that? So I'm going to keep, keep up with it and see, see what I can do. But it was a lot of fun. It was easy to do. And, um, and I won. So that makes it all the more fun for me. And it made it so much more exciting to watch the game. Like a random game uh, in the middle of March that doesn't really matter in the long run. I mean, I, we're getting to the point where the games will matter for seeding and all of that. But for now, like, what's going to keep you interested? That actually helped keeping me interested. And I was, I was emotionally invested in how that game would end. I would have been a lot more upset if I had lost. But it was it was a lot of fun. So I can see the appeal. I don't know how much I'll be doing it, but I'm certainly going to play around a little bit more. And uh, and I will report back to you. If, if one day I don't show up and you don't hear me and nobody knows where I am, it's because I, uh, I somehow hit a major jackpot and said, and I'm done. All right. Well, speaking of done, I'm not done yet. I got to take one more break. We'll be right back. Creamy. Read from JJ in Fairhaven, but I'm going to save that for the beginning of the next hour because I want to talk a little bit more about it when we come back after the news and get your thoughts on it as well. Uh, so that'll be coming up. If you want to send in an app chat message, you can using the WBSM app. It is free to download. It's brought to you by our friends at South Coast Towing. And uh, also we'll take your phone calls, 508-996-0500. Just to give you a warning, too, there might be a little bit of wrestling talk tomorrow because I'm going to Monday Night Raw tonight in Providence. My brother... Uh, was nice enough to purchase tickets for himself and me and my dad and his daughter. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile 
and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.